Studios in Omaha, Nebraska. Another week has passed. Welcome to The Other Kind Radio, episode 26. The Other Kind. My name is Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. Todd is uh, in his AV time machine. For those of you who listened to the last episode, you'll know what we're talking about. I'll explain it in just one moment. First, I have to let you know that The Other Kind Radio is a podcast in which Todd and I deal with what is the ping pong ball of pop culture we talk movies we talk games we talk music and we're always open to your suggestions so if there's a particular subject that tickles your fancy i'm bringing that phrase back feel free to send us an email there are a number of email addresses you can email me at jeff at the other kind radio.com todd at the other kind radio.com and if you just want to email info at the other kind radio.com you can do that as well we always want your feedback. We always want your ideas uh, on what we should be talking about. And, um, you know, uh, as we continue to progress with the show, this being the 26th episode, I mean, I mean, we're moving right along. Uh, never hesitate to reach out and contact us and let us know if there's a subject uh, that you'd like us to cover. We'd like to hear from you, the other kind listener. Okay, now getting back to the meat of the situation uh, when we when we last left you, Todd and I were both in our separate AV time machines. Remember that Todd's AV time machine came with bacon. I forgot to check that box when I ordered mine. And we are hurtling through space and time to give you the 2018 Emmys prediction show where we're talking through all of the nominations, or at least the ones we're familiar with, and trying to see where those particular winners will land. Um, we are recording this early. Uh, this broadcast will hit uh, um, kind listeners on the 16th, right? Second, No, I'm sorry. This this will hit the kind listener on the 9th of September. So we're dealing with a whole space-time continuum. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty dangerous. And um, since we are already in sync, I, I know he's out there. Todd, come in. Are you still with me? I'm really upset. There's no bacon today. And now I have balances on the windows around me. I don't like balances. <laughs> balances are where whoever did this TARDIS for me so I could go through space and time, they suck. I, well, I want it fixed. I have I have a confession. Your wife contacted me, and it was the one thing she wanted in your AV time machine. So oh. <laughs> God, There is nothing more useless than a balance. They Yes, they're the, they're the curtain. I would like to meet Sir Edward Valance, who invented the Valance, <laughs> and says, you know, I want to make a curtain, but not really. I would say this. Hmm. I believe in past lives, and I'm, I'm when not interested in a task, will half-ass things. I'm very proud of it. I'm working on it. 45 years old. I think I'll get it down maybe in the next 10 years. But... In a past life, I could see myself being the person that invented <laughs> the balance. That's be funny because in a past life, I could see myself being the person that killed the person. That invented the <laughs> right? Like you were a king and, and everybody in your kingdom had to come up with some type of invention. And, and I came up and I said, this is what I've got. And you said, off of his head. Is that how past lives work? We keep coming back to each other, and this time you'll be the one to kill me. It's going to be finally, you know what, Todd? You're so full of crap. You don't know what you're talking about. Off with his head. No, I kind of like the I kind of like the bit, the repeating of it, where in the end, I know I'm always I'm always going to get the axe. Um, wow, we took that to a dark place quickly. Uh, <laughs> so we welcome to the kind listener to a part two, uh, where Todd and I talk about uh, the Emmys in 2018. We both realized that the last episode we did um, was rather rushed and, and pushed. Uh, we talked a little bit in the pre-production, so we will do uh, a little less stressed, right? Because we're all about the kind listener. You sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So we we uh, we we get you, we feel you, and uh, we'll try and dial it back just a little bit. But I'm glad to be here. I know Todd is, 
And uh, let's just get into the show. Uh, no headlines uh, this episode. We're going to go right into uh, Todd's take on. So let me get that projector fired up. All right. Todd's take on this week deals with music. So let's get into what Todd's take on is this week right now. Amanda Shires. Uh, the album is To the Sunset. That's her brand new album. Just been out maybe two weeks. Uh, she she is just across the board talented. And I, I've listened to it a couple of times on jogs. And, and I, anytime I listen to music while jogging, if I stop because there's a line that is so smart or so funny, you know that you've touched me. And she's great. I'm so excited to say this. I don't even know if Jeff knows. I'm leaving Friday night to drive to Colorado. And I'm going to go see she and her husband, Jason Isbell, at Red Rocks. I've always wanted to see a concert at Red Rocks in Denver. A huge amphitheater carved into the side of a mountain. I'm seeing him there. I couldn't be more excited. And partially it's because she's actually opening for him and she's going to get her own set. So go check out Amanda Shires. You won't be disappointed. So Red Rocks, just because you mentioned it, oh, I, I've, I've been there um, as part of a site visit, which uh, to the kind listener, uh, site visit is basically where you go to a venue to kind of try and plan a future event. However, I didn't get to go to the actual event because those are the stars that I was uh, born under. But uh, I saw it in the daytime. It's magnificent. And I just hear amazing things about night. So I'm night performances. So I am sure you are going to have a great time there cannot wait it's supposed to be cold at night uh, it's going to be under the stars also amy mann is going to be one of the opening artists if you don't know amy mann she was in the 80s band till tuesday uh, she's a great artist too so it's going to be a great show but especially with with jason and amanda there i just cannot wait alexa play a song by till tuesday shuffling songs by till tuesday on amazon music <laughs> Say that again. They picked the one that is not the one everyone would know. Alexa, next song. Tell it to play Voices Carry. Ah. Alexa, play Voices Carry. Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. Thanks, Alexa. Was she the lead singer? Uh-huh. Ah. She's continued to record. She's an amazing artist. <laughs> that is, uh, it just reeks 80s. Absolutely. All right, Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. Oh, boy. Alexa, are we going to have a good show today? Here are some good TV shows. Downton Abbey, whose IMDb rating is 8.7 out of 10. Weirder stuff at 9.6 out Alexa, of 10. Alexa, stop. I'm pretty sure when she tells us other shows to watch, that I would know we're not going to have a good show. <laughs> oh, I couldn't have planned that better. All right, well, let's go ahead and cut that projector back. Ah, man, I wish I could get a cool sound effect like you. I'm going to find one, though, for Jeff's judgment. That's, uh, that's Todd's take on heading out to Red Rocks listening to some good music um i have safe travels and i hope you have a great time out there all right we're going to move on to uh jeff's judgment let's see we did a doorbell last time um hey i'll just steal i'll steal from headlines and this will be jeff's judgment on i may need to shorten that anyway there was a big announcement yesterday gotta get the carriage return um, about a game that's coming out um, fairly soon. There was uh, a 48-minute uh, video posted on all of social media um, of uh, the gameplay. Now, Todd and I are both uh, lifetime gamers, and I, I do like the idea of gameplay released. Uh, so, so much of games in the past, when released, are um, basically uh, cinematic cuts. And the trend now is to definitely show more of the actual gameplay so you get a good idea 
uh, what the graphics and everything are going to look like. Uh, this game in particular <clears throat> is being called um, that, or is, is is being compared to um, the uh, uh, good good Lord um, Grand Theft Auto, in the sense that it's an open world RPG set in the future. Um, and is basically heavily into cyberpunk and it's called cyberpunk. I guess I should say that cyberpunk 2077 and the big hubbub above about this game is, uh, of course the open world as well as, um, the decisions that you make in the game, not only when you walk up to an, a non-playing character NPC, but also, um, so in most most games, when you have to make a decision, it comes up with a with a dialogue that says, you know, do you go left? Do you go right? Do you talk to Bob or do you talk to Tom? This game is is advanced at to a certain point that not necessarily uh, talking points will determine uh, the storyline. There are uh, things like which street you take on a particular mission or a certain tactic you take on a mission can affect things greatly down the road as far as how the story develops. Um, the 48 minute, uh, trailer, uh, or gameplay for, uh, cyber 2077 is available on YouTube and most of the gaming sites. I'm looking at PC gamer right now. Um, no real, um, details at this point. We can talk about it a little bit more, um, down the road. I'm guessing it's going to be available in 20, uh, 2019. Um, and is being compared to not only Grand Theft Auto, but Witcher 3, which uh, for those of you that game kind of know uh, what that game involves. So again, it's 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 Grand Theft Auto. In fact, it's open world, but it's RPG in that there is a storyline and that you have certain skills and cybernetics that you can develop and different things you can do to hack cameras and robots and whatnot down the road. Um, I'm really excited about it. I did watch the 48 minutes. Um, it's something I'll keep a close eye on and the kind listener uh, up to date on when it comes to the news involving that. The other reason why I brought it up on Jeff's judgment on is so much of the gaming community right now is so focused on the battle Royale and what Fortnite and what, uh, call of duty, which they're going to have their map drop here pretty soon. That's going to be battle Royale. And of course, PUBG. Um, I think one element that's missing and we're getting away from and I'm glad to see with Cyberpunk 2077 is coming back to an actual RPG, an actual storyline where you can get involved. Todd and I are, again, I don't mind jumping in and playing a little Fortnite. We're both also getting up there in age. So I'm usually on the receiving end of a shotgun blast or something like that. And I have to say, for the first time in my life, not only can I, (laughs) this is going to be comparable to something else, but we won't go there. Um or as most men would say as they get older, I, I, I can, I can't game as long as I used to. <laughs> um, you know, it's a yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We got that. Um, and then just reaction time and everything. So when I do take a break from PUBG and, uh, games like Fortnite, I do like getting into a story-based game where I can kind of go on my own pace and everything. Um, as far as I know, it is going to be available on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation 4. Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, check out the footage. And if uh, you have particular feelings on this, uh, feel free to write us and contact us. Todd, you, did, did you have anything you wanted to add on that? I, I honestly didn't know anything about the, the game. I hadn't heard of it yet. Um, I'm very excited now. It it sounds interesting. I don't know that I'm going to make it through 48 minutes of gameplay, <laughs> uh, but I might dodge around it. I I love the idea of the open world sandbox type games. I've begged for the Star Wars people to put out something like that forever. I mean, that's a, a universe begging for it. So anytime anybody makes this work, uh, much like Red Dead Redemption, I, yes. I love those games for that very thing. I'm not betrothed into your story. And I, I think that to the point of stories you make a great point about where fortnite fails for me there's no story yeah and sure it's fun to go blow things up but eventually i'm like okay why am i doing this so right. when they can marry those worlds together that's when you've got a rock star for me 
So we'll keep an eye on that. And I agree, uh, uh, Todd, you just quickly reminded me of the first time I played a fallout game and you start out and you literally start out and can walk anywhere in any direction and quickly get involved in a number of different storylines. So, uh, I think cyberpunk is, is going to be right along those, those lines. So again, kind of listener, uh, keep your uh, ears to the ground. Uh, feel free to contact us cyberpunk 2077 and, uh, Oh, that's the doorbell indicating it's time to move on to our main center stage uh, portion of the show. Again, you are listening to The Other Kind Radio. This is part two of the 2018 Emmys talk. Uh, just to refresh our kind listeners, the uh, 2018 uh, Emmys are going to be uh, September 17th on NBC. Hosts are going to be Colin Jost and Michael Shea. For those of you who may not know immediately who those gentlemen are. They are the hosts of Weekend Update on uh, Saturday Night Live. And I'm looking forward to see what those two bring to um, this type of awards program. Again, kind listeners are fully aware of how Todd and I feel about award shows. Um, not necessarily a huge fan. I think often it's it's uh, hard and unfortunate that we have to try and pick a particular actor and or film and or TV show uh, over another, but we being the, uh, we all being the other kind radio, it is pop culture and it is worth discussing. So welcome to part two. If you haven't heard part one, go back to the previous week's episode so we can all be up to date. I always, I like the way they did that on the, um, what was it? The, uh, the murder podcast that you told me about that, uh, involved boogie nights, uh, the wonderland murders. Mm-hmm. God, I, you did that, and I thought, okay, I listened to about five or six of them, and uh, it, the, take, it takes me a minute. That's my old man syndrome right there. I'm like, because oh. I because I did notice there is a certain setting you can go into your, and I won't get into this too much, but into the Apple Podcast. Huh? It would whenever I would go to listen to your podcast or somebody else's podcast, it would always start with the latest episode, and I found there's a way you can go in and tell it to play the episodes in uh, order. Oh, really? So now I can just go in and hit, you know, uh, Minute of the Apes, and it'll start with wherever the latest uh, left off and then work up to the most recent episode. Um, so anyway, the those that particular podcast always said at the beginning, if you haven't heard the first uh, uh, episode, please go back. So if you haven't heard part one, go back and check it out, mainly for the reason um, that uh, you get to hear Todd and Jeff be uh, a little fast, a little stressed, and trying to get this podcast out. Secondly, it really has the meat of um, the uh, categories. So we're going to go over some categories today. This is probably going to be a shorter podcast. Um, some of these may or may not really have a lot of talk about them. So with all that being said, Todd's ready. I'm ready. We're going to start out with Outstanding Variety Talk Series. And I'm not uh, I'm not the veteran of the Emmys as my uh, talented co-host is. I think it's funny that they have this type of um, category, but I understand now why when I read the following nominations. <clears throat> so, Outstanding Variety Talk Series, first nomination, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on Comedy Central, Full Frontal with Samantha B on TBS, Jimmy Kimmel Live on ABC, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, HBO, Late Late Show with James Corden, CBS, and Late Show with Stephen Colbert on CBS. Huh. Um, the funny thing is I actually watch quite a few of these and I do it because I love uh, to record them for the chance to hear new music artists. That's a great way to keep in tune with what's coming out. I love Colbert. I, I probably think he may get the nod because of that. You know, he's he's currently the leader. He's doing a lot of stuff. However, my vote goes to uh, John Oliver. I John Oliver is a go to every week for me. Um, I think he oddly does a great job of being rather fair in the news he reports. Uh, a lot of people I know can get upset with him, but the funny thing is I have conservative friends and, and liberal-leaning friends that both get upset with him. I'm like, okay, well, that says he's kind of hitting the middle of the road if you're both getting upset with him. But he's whip-smart and funny as all get out. So I really enjoy him, and I think he's a unique voice amongst all of these. He, uh, I'm going I'm to echo you. My pick is the same. Um, John Oliver is something I've been watching uh, for a number of seasons now. I, the show is just produced 
And he's also the reason why, um, and when we do this show, and a lot of what we do, kind of like today, is off the cuff. We don't have a, a particularly set-in-stone run sheet. Is I, What's always stuck in my mind, and I've caught myself wanting to do on this show, is when he says, and now this. What a great segue. And I just don't have it in my heart to steal it from him. But um, I think... Yeah. This you're is so a, right. That I'm sorry. I just got to say you're absolutely right. That is a great segue. Yeah, I I, I love it too. Sorry, I interrupted. You. No, no, no. It's it's great because it's and now this and then you're set for it. And damn it, he stole it. And uh, you know we'll see how desperate I get before I steal it. Um, but nothing against the other nominees. A lot of talented people. But again, I think the the star that really kind of shines above the rest. Uh, I'll go with John Oliver on HBO. And we're moving on to outstanding variety sketch series. At Home with uh, Amy Sedaris, True TV, Drunk History, Comedy Central, I Love You America with Sarah Silverman, Portlandia, IFC, Saturday Night Live, NBC, Tracy Ullman Show, HBO. Todd? I have kind of a crush on Amy Sedaris. Um, Amy Sedaris is a very, very funny woman. And she can she has this wonderful photo essay where she showed how fake everything is in advertising where she had them make her look absolutely horrendous and then they had her do glamour makeup on her and she is stunningly beautiful however i i, I got to go with drunk history because I, I think it's the most unique of all these i think that when it's spot on it can be pretty stinking funny uh and uh, also get uh, one of the shows with my man crush lin manuel miranda which i have a lot of man crushes i just realized <laughs> throwing that word out it's nothing wrong. I think it's a pretty funny show yeah nothing wrong with that um, I, again, I'm just going to side with you. I shouldn't say I'm just going to, I actually decided before you made your mention. Um, again, if, if I was on the committee that helped made the decision on some of these nominations and who won, I'm going to look for something new. Now I know drunk history is in a couple of their seasons, but they are a show that, uh, it was, and I realize we're in the sketch series, but they have to do some serious production. Plus they pull in a lot of really well-known actors and the beauty of it. One of the, one of the golden elements of drunk history for the kind listener that may not be familiar with it is obviously they tell history stories, but they find an individual that is a particular, um, uh, expert. Authority. What's that? Authority. Authority. There you go. An authority on the subject. And get them drunk and then have them tell whatever story. One of them being Paul Revere. The other one being, um, uh, the filming of, um, citizen Kane. Uh, so they have a drunk person telling a story now we're so that's a good bit already. I'm like, okay, sold. The second part they do. That's really nice is they have well-known actors such as Jack black and, and a few others. I can't think of right off hand come and act out these particular stories. But when it comes to, uh, the uh, conversation in the story, they have the well-known actor just mouth the words as the drunk person's telling him. So it's funny because you'll have a scene where George Washington's giving a speech and he's like, blah, 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 blah. And then the person telling the story being drunk will maybe get a burp or, or have some kind of reaction to the alcohol and the actor portraying in the scene will mimic those or mirror those. Um, so it gives a unique perspective. And, and I think for production style, it, it does a, uh, it does something that's still kind of new out there that some of the others don't. Nothing against any of the other shows. But uh, long story short, Drunk History, I'm with Todd for Outstanding Variety Sketch Series. Moving on to Outstanding Reality Competition Series. American Ninja Warrior, NBC. The Amazing Race, CBS. Project One Way, Runway, One Way, Lifetime. RuPaul's Drag Race VH1. Top Chef Bravo, The Voice NBC. Now, before I get Todd's pick, I want to say how interesting is it that we are getting back into broadcast or cable television with these categories? So like the meat, the the drama, the comedy, the best, the you know, supporting best actor, best actress. Now it's just all NBC CBS. Maybe a trend there. Maybe a reason why so many people are going to cut the cable. I don't know. That's you know that's actually a great point too because these these are they're still expensive to produce, but they're easier to produce from that standpoint that you're not going to have 
so many contracts and whatnot for lead actors and whatnot. You're wasting your money there. You're just hiring no-name talent. And and this category is, uh, you know, I don't know if it's an officially known on the street. It's also known as the category I don't give a shit about. <laughs> um, so of all those, the only one that actually piques my interest at this time is American Ninja Warrior, simply because I think they take the most inane of, com- of competitions, which is let's put people in just the most insanely difficult obstacle course ever and make it work and man I, i'll be damned if that show does not work you, you watch it and it's wow it, it's it's different uh amazing race and all these other things have been around a while i know rupaul gets a lot of press i i just don't really care so ninja warrior gets my vote you you are 100 correct i will uh uh, echo your sentiments. This is I really don't care. Every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll watch a little American Ninja Warrior, um, but just just because it's something I've watched and am interested in is uh, cooking. So I'm going to do a Top Chef. Okay. On to outstanding structured reality program. Mm, structured. Don't know what that means. I, I, maybe it's because the people that are in it aren't uh, uh, aren't nuts. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Uh, And I say that, I say that kiddingly. Um, Not that kiddingly is a word. Antique Roadshow, PBS, Fixer Upper, HGTV, Lip Sync Battle, Paramount Network, Queer Eye, Netflix, Shark Tank, ABC. What do you think you are, TLC? You know, I, I could go back to our former boss and give it to Shark Tank so that I can make him happy. However, I will go with Fixer Upper because it's its last season. I do admit to actually loving to watch that show. It's one of those that if you make breakfast in the morning and if you like doing any kind of projects around your hash, turn on the likable people. Uh, I, why not give them a nod? Excellent choice. You're correct. We could go with Shark Tank. And again, we're kind of picking more from what we'd like to see win versus, you know, the technical knowledge or the behind the industry knowledge of, of who is going to pull it out. I'm going to go with Antiques Roadshow. It's not something I watch a lot, but every once in a while I'll binge on it. And to me, there's just nothing better than somebody bringing something in and having the two tales. One, you know, so how much do you think this is worth? $50,000 and they freak out. Or... The over uh, confident, um, uh, little too educated on the subject uh, person that comes in and is, you know, absolutely dead set on the fact that this sterling tea set that they have that was from 1591 should be worth a million dollars. And then watch the person say, actually, this is a copy where you can say this is made in China. Right. <laughs> and it's worth like 10 bucks. And they, they get mad because they always leave it. They always have that. They always do a quick transition from and the net worth is ten dollars and it's a hard cut to a picture of the whatever it is with the treasure chest open and the dollar amount and then on to the next person so they never really do like a people's court where they get a post interview <laughs> right <laughs> okay moving on to outstanding unstructured reality program which i think i might have hit the nail on the head so basically we're talking about just structured being set of rules mm-hmm. now to Shows that I know I did I don't watch. Actually, I'm looking and I'm seeing a few on here that actually are pretty good. So here we go. Unstructured reality program. We've got Born This Way, A&E, Deadliest Catch, Discover Channel, Intervention, A&E, Naked and Afraid, Discovery Channel, RuPaul's Drag Race, Untucked, VH1, and United States of America with W. Kamal Bell on CNN. Anyone that listens to me on Men of the Apes knows where my vote's going to go, and that's Deadliest Catch. I've been a fan of that show forever. I think that you know, you, you, you're essentially making a documentary about guys that go out on these boats. I, I've had battles with people like, well, it's structured reality. I went, okay, hang on. It's structured reality. Yes, you might get this, and something happens, and they have cameras located all over these boats, so they're getting every angle, and they cover it. And they're like, yeah, but they'll do cutaways and grab things. I said, yeah, they might get an interview with someone, but if you ever watched a documentary, that's not real life. They're getting interviews with people to talk about the real life. But what Deadliest Catch does, and even this season, which just wrapped last night, they literally showed a guy getting pulled overboard who went into the water. We're talking freezing water. They didn't stage that. They're all panicked because if he doesn't get out of the water, he's dead. And it is compelling TV. I mean, yeah, there's the reality that we know their personalities and we see them fight with each other, but it's incredibly well done. Deadliest catch for me, good choice, Todd. Deadliest catch for me is always um, get something the flu or or whatever, and you're mm-hmm. sick, 
and it's a great soup and curl up and, and binge on. It's been a long time since I visited those, uh, <clears throat> those individuals that have picked a very, very, uh, uh, deadly and, uh, um, uh, sometimes non-rewarding career. Uh, but, but when they do pull in a good catch boy, they, they do, uh, get their, their money tenfold. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and rather than follow you down, um, that road, I'm going to take the easy way out naked and afraid on discovery channel. It's, it's popcorn. It's funny to watch, uh, a show called naked and afraid where everything's uh, blurred out and inevitably always the first night they get bit up to <laughs> by all the various, uh, insects. And it's probably a show that no matter what amount of money was put on the table, there is no way I would ever want to do that for two reasons. One, I don't want to put the American public through that. And second, secondly, no thank you. I was raised in the mountains, been on numerous camping trips, loved the wilderness, but the idea of getting chewed up alive by various insects seems non a no-go for, uh, for this gentleman. I've actually never watched an episode of that, and I think now I need to. Um, if you, yeah, do, if you do, watch the one with Seth Rogen. And uh, his buddy, I can't remember, but he they've done a number of projects together. Uh, the, the last one being the the film guy that shoots like the horribly bad film. I can't remember his name. Oh, the uh, oh my god, the artist or whatever. His name was Tommy something. Yes, the disaster artist. But the actor that played, what's that? Yeah, you you got it right. Thank yeah. you. But the actor that played the disaster artist uh, actor. Um, he also was in the movie, I believe, where he 128 hours or whatever. James Franco. There you go, James Franco. That one's pretty funny because it's those two, and so it's not only uh, comedic, but it's uh, a couple of people that at least uh, have a little acting chops. All right. Outstanding host for reality or reality competition program. They just slammed it together. Uh, w. Camille Bell for United Shades of America. Ellen DeGeneres. For Ellen's Game of Games, RuPaul, RuPaul's Drag Race, Heidi Klum, and Tim Gunn for Project Runway, and Jane Lynch for Hollywood Game Night. I, I've i never watched too much of RuPaul's Drag Race, but my co-host Richard on Men of the Apes adores that show, and so for him, I'm giving that the vote. I, I do think what RuPaul's done is, is kind of fun and kind of funny, so uh, Nod goes there. The rest of them, I've not really watched those shows, so I don't know too much about them. I know. I love it. We're getting further and further away from from what you and I would choose to do on an, on an evening. Um, I've seen the Ellen's Games of Games. It's okay. Um, you know, Jane Lynch, Hollywood Game Night. I just think it's interesting of, of where television is going, and we don't have time to really dive into it, but this is why people are choosing Netflix and Hulu and whatnot. I mean, I, you know, game shows? Come on. You know, um, anyway, I'm going with uh, Heidi Klum and Tin Gunn. Um, Project Wonder Runway is a show that I used to watch quite a bit. Um, I do like uh, Heidi and I do like Tim. I think Tim does bring some, some really interesting things. Uh, for the kind listener that may not know, I worked in men's retail and men's fashion for a number of years. So, um, that I do does bend my ear a little bit and I do like to, uh, kind of keep up to date. So, uh, and, and, and in, in the same, uh, thing, uh, along the lines of RuPaul, I do think that project runway does, does bring, uh, s some, some good and, and benefit into, uh, their programming and help educating the, uh, audience. All right. Oh, Hey, outstanding TV movie. Notice not outstanding TV film, outstanding TV movie. Let's get into it. Fahrenheit 451, Flint. Oh, I'm sorry. Fahrenheit 451, HBO, Flint, Lifetime, Paterno, HBO, The Tale, HBO, and USS Callister, Black Mirror on Netflix. Todd. Well, I go through that list and I'm kind of like, okay, didn't see it, didn't see it, didn't see that, didn't see that. The only thing that I saw was the USS Callister ver uh, episode of Black Mirror, which... I would give the non to anyway. I don't care how good those other words. That is, I'm sorry. I don't care how good the others were. This episode, if if there's ever a Black Mirror episode, I'm probably going to say you, you've never seen it. You want one to just really get your teeth into it? Go to look, watch this one. It is outstanding. Now I'm gonna I'm also speaking honestly here, uh, but also for the kind listener. What was the storyline on, on the USS Callister again? That's the one that as a. Uh, the guy that uh, the oh god that was also on Fargo, uh, Plimmon or something, where he plays the <gasps> program 
or who captures everybody into his alternate reality and they're on a Star Trek like vessel. That okay, absolutely. Thank you, thank you. And he's a talented actor, by the way. Uh, I think that's a good choice. Um, Fahrenheit four fifty one. Again, we never have enough time on this on this podcast. I would like for you to see it at some point because I watched it and I thought it was awful. I, I heard it was terrible. It's it's really bad. And I mean it's like Fahrenheit four fifty one. It's like being handed, you know, an already well written story and how can you but they do. Um <laughs> <laughs> Flint didn't see that Paterno. I did watch that. Um nothing I mean Again, it's it's an interesting look into into what happened, um, but to me, um, outstanding TV movie. It was more like, wow, I can't believe you know that all went down, and the people said that they didn't know and all that. The tale, I haven't seen that, so I'm I am going to um, go with you on the USS Callister. That's a great story. It sucks you in, and um, I it's, I understand that some of those are dealing with more timely political and social topics. But that was a life changer, and I haven't gone back and watched it again. I need to, so I'm with the uh, USS Callister as well. I, I have a feeling the tale will win just because Laura Dern got such great notices on it. But I, I, I again, I just thought that was an outstanding episode of Flight Mirror. Yeah, see if I if I'm remembering correctly too, the tale deals with some pretty hardcore stuff, right? Yeah, if I'm looking over here, IMDb, the way they describe it is a woman filming a documentary on childhood rape victims starts to question the nature of her childhood relationship with her writing instructor and writing coach. So timely, it's going to win. I, in fact, as soon as I read it, I thought that, that, that's going to win. That's the way they do, oh, this is important right now. Yeah. And, and, and it may be great, but that's how cynical they make it is that it's it's an important film. We need to award it. Yeah, and I've seen it on HBO as I've gone through. Um and I think I read the description and, and that's something I, you know, again, I'm, you know, if I had the choice between that and something, and I know that may paint me in a light that doesn't, uh, maybe, maybe shine very well, but you know, with everything else happening, I, I, I'm not ready to, to, you know, go, go down that road just yet, but I'm sure everybody did a great job. All right. Outstanding variety special. Ooh, this has your name all over it, Todd. 75th annual Golden Globe Awards. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, 60 annual uh, annual Grammy Awards on CBS. Jesus Christ Superstar on NBC. Night of Too Many Stars. America States for the Autism Programs on HBO. And then the Oscars. How sweet is that on ABC? The Oscars are nominated for a Emmy. It's such crap. This is the circle jerk category. This okay. is, hey, we want to make you feel good about you. Can you make us feel good about us? And it's such crap. So that's the very reason the only one that I would even think of giving it to is Jesus Christ Superstar. I I love that musical. That is one of my very favorites. Uh, as a musician, as a drummer, I actually learned a lot of different time signatures. I'm not going to get into music, you know, nuts and bolts, but that's where I learned it was playing along with that and didn't know I was learning 5-4 time. I, it's a little bit, I thought it was a little sloppy, uh, but overall I thought it was great. The, the couple of lead performances are great. I, I, and to stage a live musical on TV with commercial breaks, man, that's pretty difficult. Yeah. I, come on. They've had 75 chances with the Golden Globes, <laughs> 60 with the, uh, the Grammys, and God knows where we are right now with the Oscars. I'm ashamed of myself for not knowing. Screw them if they haven't gotten it right by now. So give it to Jesus Christ Superstar. Well said. I'm in this. I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, a lot of these categories, I haven't looked through until you know you and I started doing the podcast right now. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's to me that's a little self serving, um, and for that reason, because not to just follow you into Jesus Christ Superstar, I'm going to go with Night of Too Many Stars, America Unites for Autism on HBO. Yeah, Oscars is is from production. If you really want to sit down and look at at what producers are supposed to do, time is one of the most important things, and they're never on it. And the yep. other two, I don't really watch. Um, on to another interesting category: outstanding variety special pre-recorded. Uh, so we should be up for this. Um, Carol <laughs> Carol Burnett show 50th anniversary on CBS. Carpool Karaoke primetime special 2018 CBS. Dave Chappelle Equanimity Netflix. Full Frontal with Samantha B presents Great American Puerto Rico. It's complicated. TBS. Steve Martin and Martin Short. An evening you will never forget for the rest of your life. Netflix. Todd. I only watched one of them, and that was the Carol Burnett show. I adore Carol Burnett. I was of the generation that grew up watching her and thinking that she, Harvey Corman, and 
Tim Conway. Actually, I'm going to change that, Jeff. I, I see Jeff putting my name down. I am not going to give it to it because I thought it was a little bit too canned on some of its comedy. It was a little too forced. They had a lot of hero worship. People would show up and they just adore. And I was like, Ugh. carpool karaoke. I didn't see it, but I, I think what James Corden has done with carpool karaoke is just a hoot. Um, I, therefore, I'm going to actually seek this out and watch it. I'm giving it blindly, but that's my choice. And I'm blindly following you. Uh, for those of you, uh, the kind listener, of course, can't see, I started to type down the Carol Burnett show and, and I wrote Todd and Jeff, and then he changed his mind and then I changed mine as well. So <laughs> your Jedi skills are strong, sir. Um, I would have gone with Carol Burnett only because um, if, you know, I, I want to support her and, and I think, it, you know, 50th anniversary, that's huge. But when you started to say that it was a little canned and overproduced, that's the reason why I'm not going with Steve Martin and, and Martin Short, An Evening You Will Never Forget. First of all, that's a horrible name. Don't ever assume that your thing, and I think, of course, they're doing it levity and humor, but first, right off the bat, I'm, and, I, and I watched it, and it was it was is a night I've tried to forget. It, no disrespect to Mr. Martin um, or Mr. Short. I think for an older audience, they would they would be kind of into that. So um, and then the rest of them, Dave Chappelle. I watched that. I think Dave's great. Um, you know, I, I I at one time wanted to be a professional stand up comic, so I know what they do is very difficult, but um, didn't hit the right chord. So carpool karaoke with me as well. We'll see how that works out. Um, on to the next category: outstanding informational series or special. Okay, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown. Leah Remy, Scientology in the Aftermath. My next guest needs no introduction with David Letterman, Netflix. Uh, Star Trek with Neil deGrasse Tyson, National Geographic, and Vice HBO. Interesting choices here, Todd. Well, I, I'm going to give it to what I am 100% sure will win. That's the Anthony Bourdain parts of Gnome with his passing. Uh, they want to say we love you. And you know what, he, what he did on television was important. He was a voice of reason uh, during these chaotic times. Uh, I think it probably deserves the nod over everything else. I do too. It's unfortunate. I don't know if it's won an Emmy before. I think it may have, um, but you know, that's how this, this thing kind of works. So I agree with you. Um, the next guest show is pretty good, um, but again, it depends upon how interested you are in hearing when, when he had... Um, Oh, the shock jock. That was the original one. Uh, say again, Howard Stern, Howard Stern. When he had Howard Stern on, I was kind of interested in that, but some of the other ones, not so much. Um, so we'll, we're both go with Anthony Bourdain. Uh, no disrespect to any of the other nominees as they, as vice, especially on HBO does a great job and, and deliver some good contact. Outstanding documentary or nonfiction series, American masters, PBS blue planet Two, a BBC America, the defiant ones, HBO, the Fourth Estate, Showtime, Wild Wild Country, Netflix. Um, I'm actually going through because I never saw the Defiant ones, and I wanted to remind myself again what that was. Oh, I know what that was. I didn't ever get to watch that, and I wanted to. Um, that, and so I don't just leave everybody out as I discover. That's the one that is the examines the partnership between Jimmy Iovine and Dr. Dre. Um. For me, I'm going to have to go with American Masters because I do watch it from time to time. I'm fascinated with people and what inspires them, how they work, where their ideas come from. I don't think it'll win, but that's where my vote goes. I'm going to go with the Defiant Ones. Uh, I highly, highly encourage you when you when you find that time to watch it because it not only goes through Dr. Dre, but it also has U2 on there. I mean, that guy has produced a ton of um, artists and it's a very well uh, put together series, and um, uh, I'm you know I'm going with that because I like I like I like it a lot. And you know he was the engineer on my favorite artist of all times, Breakout album, Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. Yep, and he I, I, need, I need to watch. He actually got his start, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, with the Beatles um, as their engineer that was scheduled got sick. That's right, and he gets called in. And you talk about, you know, he's he's there and he's making it happen and he's talking to the Beatles and he's like telling them, no, I think we need to do this a little bit more, have that. It's a, it's a little bit, they get to play in their own pool a little bit and talk about how great they are, but it's a good, it's a good program. Cool. Outstanding animated series. Do we want to touch this one? 
Let's do it quickly. Okay. Uh, Baymax Returns, Disney, Bob's Burgers, Fox, Rick and Morty, Adult Swim, The Simpsons, Fox, South Park, Comedy Central. I am going to go with my vote simply because of my co-host Sean on Men of the Apes would kill me if I didn't. That would be Rick and Morty. Okay. I'll go with South Park just because I'm sure they've won plenty. Um, outstanding Children's Program? I, you know what? Quickly read them and we'll do the same thing okay. here. Alexa and Katie, Netflix, Fuller House, Netflix, A Magic Wand Chase, A Sesame Street Special, HBO, A Series of Unfortunate Events, Netflix, Star Wars Rebels, uh, Disney XD. I'm glad we did go through this because, yes, there's one I do like. Go ahead. I never got to finish series of unfortunate events and I want to, uh, but I'm going to give it to star Wars rebels as a star Wars fanatic. I actually thought with all the crap that's gone around about, are they kind of ruining the franchise with all the films, star Wars rebels tapped into what that is about better than any of them. It feels like old star Wars. So great job by them. Okay. We're heading into directing. And I think once we get through this series, we can take a look, see if there's anything else we want to cover, but you, my friend are a director. So I think this will be good to get your input. So outstanding directing in a drama series. Jason Bateman, Ozark, didn't know he directed that. Uh, Stephen Daldry, The Crown, The Duffer Brothers, Stranger Things, Jeremy Padizwa, Game of Thrones, Daniel Shakim, Ozark, Carrie Scogland, The Handmaid's Tale, and Taylor, Game of Thrones. This is really hard because so many of these are great efforts. Now, Jason Bateman did direct a number of the episodes for Ozark. I, I, I thought his tone was inconsistent, but you know, he's not a, a tried and true director. He's done some stuff and he, he's good, but it's inconsistent. Duffer brothers do great with stranger things. What is achieved on game of Thrones. You cannot ignore. I've gone on and on about handmaid's tale, but for me this year, it goes to Stephen Daldry for the crown. I, oh. I again challenge anyone. Don't think this is simply a soap opera about a Royal family. No. This takes, something that you have always thought is just stuffy and finds the humanity within it. It's a fascinating show. On to outstanding directing and comedy series, Donald Glover, Atlanta, Bill Hader, Barry, Mike Judge, Silicon Valley, Hero, Mariah, Mariah, yeah, Atlanta. We'll go Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Right, so. um, Jesse Peretz, Glow, Amy Sherman, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And that is Amy Sherman Palladino, to oh, be fair. Thank she, you. She hyphenates and takes her husband's name. Um, across that, the, again, Donald Glover and his frequent collaborator, hero, however you say it, Mariah, are fantastic. But hands down, it goes to Amy Sherman Palladino for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is the person that also created Gilmore Girls. And I've never watched it, but the people that watch it tell me it is not just a silly woman show. You need to watch it. it if it's as good as this, I got to go watch it. I'm sticking right there, too, for those very same reasons. Outstanding directing in a variety series. Andre Allen, Full Frontal with Samantha B, Carrie B Brownstein, Portlandia, Jim Hoskinson, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Don Roy King, Saturday Night Live, Tim Manicelli, The Late Show with James Corden, and Paul uh, Penolino, Last Week with John Oliver. I've already said how much I love John Oliver. I think that what they do with that show is smart as anything. The directing is spot on. They're doing that show by and large live in front of an audience and they nail it. So it goes to Mr. Pinolino. Ditto what you said. I'm right there with you. Outstanding directing in the limited series or movies. Scott Frank, Godless. David Leno and Alex Rudesky. Jesus Christ, Superstar. Barry Levinson, Paterno. Edward Berger, Patrick Melrose, Ryan Murphy, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Craig Zisk, The Looming Tower, David Lynch, Twin Peaks. <laughs> uh, this is really a difficult one. I'm going to start with Mr. Lynch, who is one of the reasons that I went to film school. He was one of the final people that opened my brain to it. I thought that the current iteration on Showtime is a mess, personally. Um, I give it to Mr. Murphy for the assassination of Johnny Versace. I think this, this is the guy that created Glee and has shown that he can do so much between this and American Horror Story. And then, man, he is just a phenomenal talent. I'm going to go with David, uh, David Lynch, Twin Peaks, because my father would sign paperwork, meaning I'm no longer adopted if I didn't. Well, and I apologize to your dad. I knew as soon as I said that, that I was hurting his feelings. <laughs> 
I think Lynch, when Lynch is great, is great. I think when he, the network says, do whatever you want, he's a mess. I agree. I agree. Outstanding writing in a drama series. Okay, so now we're into writing. Do you want to cover writing at all in any of these? I, You know what? I at least, look, let's look. Yeah, I, I, why don't we do this? Let's do these last two, and then we start getting into writing for a variety series. Okay. And that's, yeah, let's at least do these Perfect. that are dream and comedy. All right. So the last two categories. Thank you so much, kind listener, for being with us today. We have two more, uh, um, two more categories, and then that will close it out uh, for the 2018 Emmys prediction show. Here we go. Outstanding writing in a drama series. David. Uh, huh. Benoit. Benoit. Thank you. And D.B. Weiss for Game of Thrones. The Duffer Brothers for Stranger Things. Bruce Miller, Handmaid's Tale. Peter Morgan, The Crown. Joe Fields and Joe Weisberg, The Americans. And Phoebe Waller, Bridge, Killing Eve. This is really tough for me because I think what Benoit and, and Weiss do with Game of Thrones is just astonishing to be able to keep that together. But I've probably got to go with Bruce Miller for Handmaid's Tale. Um... I, I that show just to take such deep content and find a way to find humanity in it. It's, it's astonishing how good that is. Good choice. I'm going with uh, killing Eve, PB Waller and bridge. Um, again, I was uh, very happily surprised by that uh, particular um, uh, show. And I think this may be one of the categories where they give it maybe not the best, but a nod as you've so eloquently educated me as far as these award show I think they'll get a tip of the cap here. All right, on to the last category, Outstanding Writing in a Comedy Series. Alec Berg, Silicon Valley. Alec Berg and Bill Hader, Barry. Donald Glover, Atlanta. Stefani Robinson, Atlanta. Liz Sarnoff, Barry. And Amy Sherman Palladino, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Well, it, there's no... There's no second guessing. It goes to Amy Sherman Palladino. It, I think that what you pointed out first, which is that opening scene relies on that actress being able to sell it and then your words exactly after and the writing of the scene. And that scene is written so beautifully that the whole rest of the show, when it evolves, we understand who she is and why she's going where she's going. Man, great series. And, and you sum that up so well. And the only thing I'd add too, in the days of, of establishing shots and the cookie cutter way that, that shows are begun, um, especially as we've learned that the VO is sometimes so much a crutch and used, the, the fact that they did and designed it that way, I'm agreeing with you on uh, that selection as well. Okay, so kind listener, you have survived another prediction series. This is again, episode two of the uh, Emmys for 2018. A big thank you and round of applause to uh, my co-host and very talented Todd. Yet another thing you can put on your resume. Uh, any final words before we uh, end this episode of The Other Kind Radio? I, all I can say is I can't now wait to see if what I actually would vote for would actually be what wins that that's going to make it awful interesting for me. I agree. And again, I thank you for your time. Uh, uh, normally we talk about this stuff uh, off air, but uh, Todd is taking some time out of his schedule with, uh, with the travel and everything coming up to make room. Many, many thanks to Todd and uh, just a little uh, maybe glimpse in, into the future. Since we're in the AV time machine, our next episode we will record, will be here in, uh, we'll be down out of Omaha. And then there's a chance and we're working on, I'll be down in Dallas on some business and I might be able to sit down and record an episode in Dallas face to face again with my co-host Todd and a possible appearance on the great, great Minute of the Apes podcast. So stay tuned. We'll have those details on Twitter and everything coming up. Um, again, thank you for joining us. For uh, Todd and myself, thanks for listening. Send us emails. Give us feedback. We've given you plenty of uh, instruction on that. We're available on a number of ways to listen. We're at uh, theotherkindradio.com. Todd, did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, I saw him adjust himself, get closer to the microphone. Anyhow, thanks again for listening. We appreciate your continued support. We'll see you next week. We all are The Other Kind Radio. Thanks for listening. The Other Kind Radio.